back in the fast lane, part one, covering the Commonwealth in the books. Now, part two, from a team that reserves the right to be as confident as they have been. Yep, we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth, a look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start with the JMU Dukes. Shane Metlin, Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Joining us once again here in the fast lane, Shane, and once again, JMU going on the road and absolutely clobbering Georgia State 42 to 14. True or false? Yeah. They're just treating true or false. They're just treating every game now like a resume promoter, even if nobody in the college football's power broker world seems to pay attention. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think you're right. They're they're playing each game like it's a uh, you know kind of kind of the last one. They're playing for that undefeated record right now, unless anything changes as far as postseason. Um, it would be the only it'd be, it would only be the second time in JMU history they'd gone undefeated if they can complete that. Uh, and the other time was back when they were Division three. So uh, it would be a huge. They still got a lot to play for, and I think you know you're seeing them kind of bring that mentality each week. Here's what's interesting as well. At the beginning of Kurt Zinetti's midweek press conference today, he mentioned the way they won, the stats, the domination. And then obviously toward the back half of the press conference, he was asked about being ranked in the college football playoff and opined that he believes they should, even though they're not eligible. How much of this right now is Kurt Zinetti and JMU taking every opportunity to just plead their case, as you would think they should, down the stretch? I mean, I think to some degree, um, you know, Signetti does a pretty good job of taking that on to himself and then kind of not letting it be a thing for the, the players. So far, that's been the case. I mean, each week it's going to get more and more difficult, I mean, especially if um, anything happens here after the election, whether it be like some sort of lawsuit from the attorney general or anything like that, then it's, it's going to ramp up even more. But, um, you know, I think to some degree – this plays in the JMU's favor a little bit as far as like building a brand as they move into FBS. Just because now this is something everybody's talking about. I mean, if you're if you're behind Tulane in the college football playoffs, you're probably not getting as much attention as you are right now. Uh, just people talking about you not being in there. Indeed, they're getting more attention now because of this situation, and seemingly everybody going on a crusade against the NCAA in the playoff and uh, how nobody is giving JMU that type of attention. Uh, meanwhile, one blow to the JMU Dukes in their season so far, at least to this point, is the injury that came out to defensive end Jalen Green, who is the FBS leader in both sacks and tackles for loss, missing the rest of the season due to an injury, knee injury, that he suffered this past weekend in the win at Georgia State. How big of a blow is this? It's a big blow because, I mean, you're talking about a guy who was probably on his way to being, you know, maybe a first-team All-American with the stats he'd put up so far this season. He, he might still get those kinds of awards, it's hard to say. But, you know, you're missing him. He was, he's been that good. They're a little thin on the defensive line as well. Their starters are absolutely incredible, but – you know, they've really only played six guys on the defensive line the entire season. Um, they're going to have to get some more out of some young guys here in the coming weeks. Some some freshmen and redshirt freshmen who really haven't played much this year are probably going to see the field now. That's a big point as well, is it's going to change the rotation. JMU, they are equipped to handle it in other areas, and Shane Metlin's equipped to cover it for the Harrisonburg Daily News record. Shane, thank you once again for joining us today in the Fast Lane. All right, thank you. Our pleasure. Shane Metlin with us here in the Fast Lane. Now to NASCAR.
with Brian, Timothy, Dale, Joey Fatone, Nolan with us here in the fast lane. Traded, I ace that for you. I was proud of you. Could have added 12 names. Shout out Danny Peters. I mean, we could keep on and on with Brian, Nolan. Brian, a pleasure to speak with you. Um, who's more drained right now? You from covering a wild weekend at Phoenix or Ryan Blaney from how he held off Kyle Larson, actually passed him and then held him off and won and then celebrated afterwards for his first cup championship? You know, I, I, I don't want to make it all about myself, Ed, but I mean, nice. I, I'm, I'm going to go with me. I mean, for those that don't know, having to work a night race and then go back to a day race, I mean, night races are brutal to cover, but um, Ryan Blaine maybe maybe having a couple extra beverages last night that may turn into, you know, um, some, some not-feel-good problems this morning, but I mean, let's be honest, he, he deserved it after, after the race he had last night. Uh, yesterday afternoon no doubt about it I mean you get that type of performance the way Ryan Blaney did is this just a team catching heat at the right time or is this a team that found a way to win in lieu of coming up short last year and at many points in years prior I mean can it be both Ed I mean once he said it in his post-race presser he knew that he had a chance to win this championship after Talladega and that's when he got uh, that win beating Kevin Harvick uh, I mean, he, he came out after Charlotte broke that long winless streak and then did not win until Talladega got hot, survived Homestead, won Martinsville, and then won um, in, in Phoenix. Or well, I should say he didn't win Phoenix. He finished second, but he was the first out of the four championship contenders. So he won the championship in Phoenix. So, I mean, he finished sixth at Homestead, first, and then second. It's not half bad, and that will get you a championship. Indeed, it will. And it got one for Ryan Blaney. Taking a step back in a bigger picture of this as well, Ford sweeps the weekend. A lot of people have criticized the Blue Oval and their challenges in the early portion of the year at all three levels compared to the bow ties and the uh, other oval, if you will, the O inside the oval, the Toyota oval. Um, What does it say about Ford as being an operation and an organization now that wins all three championships? I mean, it says that they have uh, their their spot at Phoenix firmly planted. I mean, remember back a few years ago, it was Ford Championship Weekend at Homestead. We might as well rename it Ford Championship Weekend at Phoenix because one, two, three for Ford in three races. Ben Rhodes winning in trucks. You got Cole Custer winning Xfinity, and then you had Ryan Blaney. I mean, remember when we all thought Ford was, was absolutely disgraceful throughout halfway part of this year? It was, it was all Chevy and Toyota. And then Ford was like, hello, we're still here. Hi. Um, I mean, they they have their their foot, they have the threshold on this Phoenix racetrack, and the second year in a row, they're getting a Cup Series championship, and the first ever time Roger Penske is going back to back as a Cup Series owner. Ryan Brian Nolan with us here in the Fast Lane, Bry. Thank you for your time today. Congratulations for yourself on reaching the end of a great season covering it for FrenchStretch.com. Looking forward to hearing you, Trey, and the entire crew on the Happy Hour podcast and bringing the heat to wrap up the season later this week. And believe it or not, we're less than 100 days away from connecting again to look ahead to 2024. I, uh, I, I don't like to I don't like to think about that last part, Ed. I, I need some rest and relaxation, buddy. But um, yes. Final episode of Happy Hour for 2023 coming up tomorrow night. Myself, your boy, Mr. Trey Lau, Michael Matthews, and we're going to have Jonathan Fields going to be coming on to uh, recap this Phoenix race. But it's always a pleasure. Trey, you're, you're not we the We are? You're, you're That's, I didn't know that part. <laughs> well, uh, we learn things all the time, even how Brian and Trey <laughs> hash they, out They plan something 
Uh, I guess they got the guest when at at Phoenix. They didn't tell me. Yeah, we did. There yeah, we go. Yeah. But sorry, 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 Trey. But that's breaking news for you. But Ed, thank you so much. You're the best, Trey. You know, you know how I feel about you. Indeed, indeed. Brian Nolan with us in the fast lane. Speaking of feeling great. And last but not least, or maybe least, that professional football team in Landover, Maryland. Or is it Ashburn, Virginia? Well, we always feel great when we can get the insight and analysis from Candy Waller. It obviously is easier for her to do her job when the Washington Commanders get a victory like they did yesterday at New England 20-17. to But we feel especially honored that Seawall was able to provide us with some pictures of the lighthouse and the stadium in New England which we used, of course, at Fast Lane Ed Lane on our social media platforms to promote our chat now with friend of ours and reporter for us as well for the Washington Commanders, Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment and Bowie TV up in Maryland. Seawall, a pleasure to speak with you. First and foremost, how did you enjoy the tourism aspect of that particular venue? I must say it is very, very nice. I mean, everything is right there on site. I mean, the practice facility is there um, attached to the stadium. There's like a mall attached. It's like a true entertainment atmosphere and venue. I guess that's what, what six Super Bowls will do for you. So It helps to have that in the fan uh, fervor around the New England Patriots, but the Washington Commanders battled through that anyway and got the victory over Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Is it diminished because this New England Patriots team has struggled? Or do you look at this maybe more optimistically because this came after Washington unloaded two of their bigger pieces, the defensive ends, Montez Sweat and Chase Young? I mean, I think that in this case, we have to really look at this as a win is a win because, yes, the Patriots are absolutely struggling as we all saw on yesterday, but this team was desperate for a win. However, they ended up getting it. I mean, Coach Rivera has already not just awarded the team a victory Monday, but they gave him a victory Tuesday as well because it has been a long week. It has been a long week of change and just trying to, you know, overall readjust to losing uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, as you mentioned. So it was good for the team to get out there, get that win, see the young guys be a part and impact to that win. So it was overall, it was a good day. First and foremost for Washington, how would you grade the way their defense performed in spite of the fact they had lost two of their cornerstones on the defensive line? I'm going to be honest. I still still find them to be pretty average. If that's the case, I didn't necessarily see a difference in the defense. I didn't see necessarily a different, uh, a change schematically at all. Um, still not a lot of pressure from the defensive line up front. Um, you know, it was a good day for Emmanuel Forbes, um, but overall, it, it just seemed a bit more of a Mac Jones missing his receivers versus you know, they're just being some all-out great um, defensive play there. So I'm still waiting to see more from the defense um, this season. So I still give them about a C. Honest assessment from Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment at Seawall SE is how you can keep up with her on X. That would be better known as Twitter and SeawallSE.com. Seawall, last one for you, and we are appreciative of your time today in the fast lane. The bigger picture of the trade of Montez Sweat and Chase Young both getting shipped out last week at the trade deadline. What, if anything, does it say about the way this organization is going to be handling its business in the Josh Harris era? 
I think that if they're not seeing the results in the W column, there will be changes. I think due to, you know, the commanders losing, um, you know, going down 0-3 in the division, right? Losing to the Giants um, when they were playing their second string offensive line um, against this, you know, we were all hoping for it to be a top-tier defensive line and then losing um, both games to the Eagles as well as that miserable loss to the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football. I mean, it was the trade deadline. It was an opportunity to trade valuable assets. That's what the Josh, you know, Harris era is going to do. If they can find a way to make changes, plan for the future, get something out of it, that's what they're going to do. And I don't think, you know, this franchise is used to any types of moves like that. I heard quite a few people inside the organization even say, hey, they didn't know that they were going to trade both, but that's what happened. CEO Seawall and Seawall Sports. That's Instagram. SeawallSE.com or without the .com to find her on Twitter. Candy Waller with us in the Fast Lane. Seawall, always a pleasure when you can have you in the Fast Lane of W266, BG Timberlake, WVGM AM Lynchburg, WMNA Gretna, Danville Southside, and the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate it. And thank you again for the photos from Gillette Stadium. We were thrilled to be able to share them at Fast Lane Ed Lane on our socials as well. You all are so welcome. So I'm not going to be, full disclosure, I'm not going to be in Seattle next week, but still happy to chat with you all because I'll still have all of the inside scoop and information on the game. Of course we know you will. Seawall with us here in the Fast Lane. That does it for us today. In the meantime, we're back tomorrow afternoon. Ben Cates, NewsAdvance.com, high school football playoffs, a little bit of Liberty University, and uh, we'll have a lot more on the Flames tomorrow in the Fast Lane. In the meantime, a little bit of CBS programming before Virginia Tech basketball and Monday night football tonight on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.